You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or batteries for your trail cameras, Interstate Batteries has the batteries for your everyday life. Stop into a local retail location. They have thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States or go and visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, that's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout, and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. You're wanting to know more about saddle hunting? Well, check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. And now let's get to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm excited about this episode because we are going to talk about a lot of dead deer that have been killed this season um, with Ben Harrison and Matt Powell, both the returning guests. Ben, I think this is what, your second time? Matt's your third? Is that right? Yep, yep. I think it's my third. My yep. second time this fall almost. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we talked to you... Um, Late summer, wasn't Late it? Late summer about trail cameras and, and scout, a little bit of preseason scouting type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. But I'll tell you, you are, you're, you're seven bucks heavier than you were before, the last seven time we talked heavier, to you. Seven heavier, yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Seven a little over deer? 900 inches so far. <laughs> no, oh my gosh. 
Ben, I don't know about you, man. <laughs> I think I think we need new friends. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. Like, well, no, I'll try this to is rub what, off on y'all. <laughs> no, this this is what I've I've told people several times. All right. Just like being the smartest one in the room. If you're the best one in the room, you're in the wrong room. I think right. Matt needs new friends. That's, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe I need to start but, hanging out with a Perry guy. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. No joke. I, I, hey, listen, I tried hanging out with him, and it, it don't rub off on me, at least not this year. Um, <laughs> man, um, so seven bucks in how many different states? Uh, let's see. Tennessee, Kentucky. Ohio, Indiana, and Oklahoma, five states. Five states. Yep. Goodness gracious. Yep. Which, which, so you killed your two in Tennessee. Which other states did you kill two in? Or what other state? Uh, Oklahoma is two bucks. Yep. Okay. Okay. Oklahoma. Now, Ben, Ben, you have not had a bad season, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you killed two, which for most people is like, and crap. You know, that's great. Yeah. And I've been, um, I've had some scenarios where deer, I'm looking back now, I'm regretting not shooting kind of thing. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I've, no, I've had a good season. You know, anytime you can kill two buck, you know, two solid bucks, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that go years without killing anything, you know, and I'm, and I ain't done. We're right in the, right in the heart of it. I've still got one really good tag and I've got both my Tennessee tags getting to hunt some this Thanksgiving break. So, so I'm interested. Can get interesting. I'm interested to know from you, Ben. So you're in Indiana. You live in Indiana from Tennessee, though. That's where you get kind of that southern draw from. Um, mm-hmm. What? Now I've hunted states like Missouri around Thanksgiving break, and it felt it just feels like a ghost town. Like it, it doesn't feel like there's deer on their feet or anything. What? Uh, what type Post of gun? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was literally right after gun season. Yeah, um, that's, that's tough hunting right then. It was, I mean, it literally took me, I did not see a deer in Missouri until the very, very last day, and I saw a group of does. So, wow. I want to know from you, Ben, you know, you've got, you still got, you said you have a really good tag in your pocket. What, uh, what, what state is that? And obviously we're kind of post rut. Uh, where, where are you planning on, how are you planning on doing that? So we're, um, that's my base tag. I work for the Department of Defense, okay. And I can hunt the uh, the base that I work at, and it's uh, it's over fifty five thousand acres, and they they only have uh, four gun hunts on it. It's four Sundays, four consecutive Sundays. Okay. So the pressure is it. I mean, even though yeah, that's where most most of the deer are killed on the base or those gun hunts. It's still not you know, your typical public land situation, even though you have the public land issues with people, you know, going every, everywhere and everything. But um, pressure really draw, pulls way back on that base after the gun hunts open. People quit hunting it. Yep. And uh, you get you get in a, in a more, uh, more like a mid-October. And, you know, really, I mean, even like this time of year, you know, you're talking about ghost town. You can expect that. I mean, that's, that's you know, you're right after that hardcore lockdown phase, you know, there, you know, you may not see a lot of deer, but these, you know, these big deer still have their testosterone ramped way up. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a, a full stretch for me not to kill a big one walking at one o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. you know, right when I get climbed up, Y'all have- um, especially next week. 
Do y'all have a secondary rut that that is uh, visible? No, no, I don't really. Not in that area. It's it's a pretty defined rut. Um, when you know when you have that hardcore defined rut, you know I don't I don't really. I've never seen a second rut anywhere I hunt. So I mean it's that's not something I really hunt based off of. I'm mostly going in on the very best days you know, where, you know, where I've got some wind to cover my, my sound and stuff. Hopefully I got bluebird skies or just right after a, a rain event or something, you know, something to get them moving and, uh, mostly, mostly evenings, but try, yeah, trying to get <clears throat> going back on those, you know, the transition from, you know, transition to a food source. I mean, that's, you know, kind of what, what I'll do, you know, kind of like, kind of mm-hmm. like we do in late October, you know, trying to get back into those late October and, you know, they'll start opening scrapes and stuff up again. So I should be able to tell if there's deer there, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's still a maze. I mean, it's still a big, I'm sorry. It's still a big, big puzzle, you know, when you're dealing with large tracks, tracks of woods like that. We, we talked to my buddy, Adam Cruz, uh, last year, um, he went in uh, into Kentucky and had a really, really dang good hunt um, in December in Kentucky on a piece of land that's more of a flat land, you know, kind of more agriculture. And he said that it felt like the deer were running harder right there around, I think it was like December the, it seems like it was like the 13th or something like that. And he said it felt like the deer were, were running harder and better than he's seen even during the the primary rut and i've mm-hmm. i've talked to the to some um wma managers on places in kentucky and they've said the same thing they see the secondary rut pick up it seems like bigger deer are up on their feet during that secondary so i was curious in a state like indiana that has maybe a little higher deer density that uh i was wondering if you know if the secondary might be something that is a big deal out there uh-huh. Yeah, the the area I'm in, as far as deer density goes, it's the fewest deer per square mile of anywhere I hunt. Okay, like they're super spread out. Um, I may see if I see over five deer in one set, it's a huge deal. But it's big timber. You know, yeah. we're not. I'm not. Ta- I'm not hunting like clumps or anything. Sure. Or like one. You know, tr- one track. But yeah. Big but, timber, yeah, Matt, man. That's I mean, tough. And and Matt's got some theories too as far as like you know the gun pressure like you have to get a solid two or three weeks away from that gun pressure and so that's why tennessee you know historically me and him um you know up until the last really five years we haven't really been extensive on our travel so we never got away from that gun pressure until like the very last weekend you know yeah um you because that gun pressure is so extensive all the way through November and you know around the holidays you know Thanksgiving stuff it's I mean people are in for a week gets everything gets just absolutely hammered mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, and I, that's one of the things for me like I don't mind Alabama has such a long gun season it's crazy how long our gun season is literally like it's from crap uh most of the state, I'll, I'll just say that, most of the state opens up, gun opened up this past weekend, and it's going to go through February the 10th. Like, mm-hmm. like try, you're not ever going to get away from gun pressure, really. <laughs> you know, it's, that's the, and I, and I like it. I love gun hunting. Like, 
rifle hunting's a blast. Yeah, not me. definitely not during the rut, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> for us in Alabama, it is. I mean, gun season is during just about every rut that yeah, we have. Yeah, the entire rut. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we're, we're we'll kick off where I'm at. We'll kick off here. It's already really kicking off. Um, and then a lot of the states in January and February, and so uh, yeah, people would be pissed if they had to bow hunt with a gun or with bow hunt with the rut out here because you just typically don't have to. Um, yeah. And and I'm, I'm I'm I would say I'm pretty neutral on it to be honest with you. Like it wouldn't hurt my feelings if they changed that up, but it also doesn't hurt my feelings that I can hunt the rut with a gun either. You know, that's kind of fun. Right. Um, and that's how I was raised. I think a lot of people, you know, in states uh, like like Iowa, I know a lot of people that live in Iowa, where if you want to hunt the rut at all, you got to do it with a, with a bow. You know, in a lot of those Midwestern states, that's just where they're going to do the gun. Gun hunts aren't going to come until later. If you want to hunt the peak of the rut, mm-hmm. you've got to learn how to do it with a bow. And so... It seems like a lot of Midwesterner guys tip, tend to, uh, like, kind of look down on the guys who gun hunt. But realistically, it's just the way we were raised in the South, you know? like It's, that, a, it's a tradition it's thing. It's the tradition of it, exactly. You know, and I'm... Yeah, and, and even in, like, Tennessee, Tennessee's the same way. You know, there's guns through the entirety of the rut into the late season. And we were in a... We're, are you know we are an anomaly in tennessee sure <laughs> we're not the standard <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying and, yeah no doubt i mean it's it's just like you know it, it, alabama's the same way but you know or even the northern states you know you always see those posts like man i can't sleep you know i seen a bunch of them last week like because rifle opened this past saturday in tennessee and everybody's like i can't sleep it's like christmas morning you know i'm like see season's open I'm like i've been deer hunting for three months you <laughs> yeah. know yeah. yeah, I love it, man. I mean, I literally yeah. started my first day in the woods was, I think, August the 27th for that Tennessee yeah. uh, velvet hunt. And I feel like I hadn't let up since. You know, it feels like season's been yeah. going forever at this point. Did you get on anything then? Heck no, man. It was the worst, yeah. hottest freaking. We yeah, were doing the CWD that's the zone. Thing. That's the hottest weekend of hottest days i've ever hunted yeah it was rough terrible it literally i would go sit in my truck in a parking area because we were hunting that that zone that you could hunt public land so i'd go i'd hunt the morning sit in my truck until you know from like i'd go to the parking area at like 11 o'clock and sit there until three or so and just roast and then you you're like well i gotta go walk a mile or walk two miles to get to the spot i'm gonna hunt and I mean, most of it's ag fields and stuff, so it's, you're walking in no shade, so you're just burning mm. up, and then you get to your spot, and then you're covered in mosquitoes. You're just basically like a walking hot bar for mosquitoes. Yeah, it, it was it's it was rough. <laughs> I mean, it's I I had two thermocells running at one time. That's insane, man. I brought, that I packed an extra on my accident. Yeah, that afternoon I killed my buck. Like you know how you sit in the rain. And like water drips off the end of the bill of your hat. Yeah, <laughs> like I had sweat doing that. <laughs> and the sun just beating right on me. And it's so funny. Like I think about I think about uh, like growing up and stuff. We were like spraying down with scent spray and doing all this mess. Yeah. And now you yeah. go out and hunt. <laughs> yeah. You go out and hunt in September and you're dripping sweat. You're like, I mean, there's no. I'm yeah. not gonna fool a deer, you know. And yet, no, you not killed even deer. A little bit. 
So it's a, it's it's cool, man. I mean, I, I I like the opportunity. I like getting started. It's a nice little little test run, I guess, before the season starts to make sure you have all your hey, equipment fine, together. Fine. Let let's let's work out a good Alabama spot. I know a guy who's got a bunch of Tennessee velvets every year. All right then, <laughs> I'll be there. Well, you've killed you've killed a Tennessee velvet buck. What the last two or three years? Two years. Ben's killed more than I have. But, and Ben killed. Yeah, uh, Ben killed. Yeah, we, I'm, and I we and, have a uh, lot of we have a lot of early season deer. I mean, because I got a lot yeah. of places, and you know, like a a nice solid one twenty five is. That's a beautiful velvet buck, you know. Sure. But, oh yeah, and it's the and best you know, velvet you'll ever see. Velvet and he's one fifteen, one ten. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I mean, you know, they're they're just you know, it's just easier to find a quality deer in velvet than it is hard horn. You know, your standards seem to go up as they lose velvet. Yeah, know? that's true. Kind mm-hmm. of the the golden gem, you know. It ain't. So it ain't as uh, <clears throat> let's talk about. Go ahead. Let's talk about their the the bow hunting league a little bit because that was. Uh, that that kind of transitions us into that. I, I believe the very first time that I heard about the bow hunting league was um, when I pretty much last minute. Ben, you were the you were the first person that I saw that killed a deer that year, and I needed somebody to do an episode with. And I was like, "Hey, I'll reach out to this guy. He killed a buck during the velvet hunt." And so you came on. Yeah, and that was out our first. Great. Yeah, that was the first Tennessee velvet hunt. Yeah, I mean, that was it, was, first it was year. Awesome. I think it was eighteen. And. Yeah. And we had you on, and you talked about the velvet hunt. That's what all I was, I was really expecting to talk about. But then you started talking about the bow hunting league, and uh, I'll just say, I will say this for for people who are listening to this, and maybe you're tired of crappy Facebook groups where people are constantly bickering and arguing and being douchebags on every post. The bow hunting league is by far the most. Uh, uh, it, it, it has more big buck killers in that group than any group that I'm a part of. And everybody's nice, man. <laughs> everybody's always nice all the time, it seems like. Um, and I don't know, maybe from the admin standpoint, y'all knock out a lot of stuff. But it just doesn't seem like there's all the arguing and bickering and stuff on, on that bow hunting league group. Is that accurate? Um, uh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I think it's a, a culture we, we're – trying to bring a part of you know people are getting tired of that constant bickering and oh you shot a little buck or you know just like the doe you shot that bald you know like it's it's all part of it you know we take the the giants with the the first six pointers you know mm-hmm. with the first mm-hmm. buck six pointers they're all trophies to somebody you know yeah yeah so. it's great i mean you guys do a, a really good job so uh ben we've heard you talk quite a bit already today matt why don't you uh why don't you share with us a little bit about for anybody who maybe doesn't know what the bow hunting league is and what y'all do uh basically uh ben's probably the better one to do it he keeps (laughs) up with it a lot more than i do okay you Uh, just you just add to the bucks on that get killed on the bow yeah yeah that's That's my job it's like that man's job is to kill bucks you know <laughs> well, okay then, Ben. Why don't you talk about the bow hunting league and tell us what it's all about? I'll give you the I'll give you the elevator. He's, he's got the more up to date numbers. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so prior to the season, we raised um, about fifty thousand uh, dollars, a little over fifty thousand dollars in prizes for our free bow hunting team contest. Okay. Uh, it's done nationwide. 
it's one like I said, it's a hundred percent free. Uh, everybody signs up to the website, you get you, you know, you and two of your buddies, you sign up, uh, you're, you're, and then you're locked in. Okay. Throughout the season, <clears throat> you enter every buck you kill. Okay. With a bow. And the reason you do that is there's all kinds of little prizes and random drawings, and we've got a lot of stuff like that. But the biggest thing is you get into all that camaraderie and, you know, and everybody can celebrate with you. And we just have this, just, just, it's just a big networking event wrapped around a deer contest, basically. And uh, it doesn't matter what state you hunt. It doesn't matter. You know, you're not, you know, you're not pinned down anywhere. We've got guys in Canada, Mexico hunting. Um, you know, we're, we're all over North America. Uh, <clears throat> the main thing is though, is it's just bow hunting. And that's, you know, it, it takes a while. It took us a while to like totally make everybody understand that. And the, and the reason we're doing that, we're, where, you know, we do that to promote bow hunting. We get a lot of kids in there bow hunting and stuff. But the main thing is the deer contest. We have a turkey contest. We have uh, in the yard shooting. It's called the one shot. You go Facebook Live. Now, and then that, what that does is that just gets people out there to shoot their bows uh, throughout the summer instead of just, you know, a few weeks before season, you know? Yeah. Um, we just, you know, and that's the thing. We're just promoting archery and stuff. But, We've got a great team behind us. Um, we've got an entire uh, group of Facebook monitors, moderators. Uh, we have a, a scoreboard team. We have a YouTube editor team. We have two editors that take content from members. They just members send them content, and uh, we put together episodes. We just rolled out our second episode. Super, super raw. It's all about the hunt. It's all about the experience. There, you know, we have some fantastic sponsors and some small businesses we've partnered with. Uh, taxidermists, we've got like 20, uh, 2022 taxidermists. So, you know, for the, the largest buck for each of those states, wins a free shoulder mount. I mean, heck, that's a $600, $650 prize right there, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's cool because we're able to partner with these small businesses that are the, you know, that's, that's how they feed their families. And, you know, and that, and they, they go all in with us and it's, it's really cool, but, uh, but that's kind of in a nutshell. I mean, we got a lot of things going on, but I think we've had uh, the, probably the best thing about the, the whole group. And this just shows you the community we've built and Matt can echo all of this. We've had over 200 hunts traded in the last couple of years amongst members. Okay. If you were to put a dollar figure on some of this stuff, I mean, it's at, at least $1,500 hunts. You know what I'm saying? You know, some yeah. of them probably higher in than that because they're hunting in the Midwest or, but a lot of it's, you know, guys just crashing on each other's couches or, or they're, or they're splitting a hotel room going hunting public land. I and mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Right. Cool. And, uh, it's been amazing. Like, and that's, that's what, that's the part that I've enjoyed the most is seeing these stories and these guys hunting together and stuff, just getting, you know, just getting everybody out there bow hunting, you know? Well, and I think that's the, that's the draw to me. Um, because I, I am, a, a hardcore deer hunter. That's, I think about it 365 days a year, just about 24 hours a day. And, um, 
I think about it a lot, you know, and so I'm all of my social media is aligned with pretty much deer posts and I'm a part of a lot of different groups. I get added to a lot of different groups, but the I always say this about bow hunting league is that it that group just always seems to be um the most stress free and drama free group that I'm a part of. Like and and even like my the team of guys, you know, Sean uh Sean and TL that like they're just yeah freaking good dudes man like we have a group to uh, mm-hmm. a group text that we're in which by the way I feel as if this season I don't belong in that group because <laughs> Sean killed like <laughs> a one years yeah yeah yep. he's killed like a yep. 170 you know and uh yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like so Sean this is a funny story actually Sean uh when he first when we first were I was like hey I did a graphic for him or for, for our team. And, uh, I was like, Hey, we was like, Hey, send us a, send me a picture of, of your buck or whatever. He was like, Oh man, you know, I haven't really killed a lot of big ones, but he sent me a picture, a pretty decent buck. You know, I think he's from Illinois or Indiana, one of them. Um, anyway, and <laughs> then he goes off and this year, he kills a one seventy something with his bow. It's just a That's freaking right. tank of a buck. It was like, oh, dang man. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's a out. heck of a year to do that, and uh, yeah, yeah, and it's and and you know, that's and that's that's what's cool. You know, those are two guys right there that you would have never met. Um, you know, yeah. and, and I think we talked about it, like, hey, I want I want to get a team, but I want to get meet some new people, and I was like, gotcha. And 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 you know, TL's one of our um, sponsors. He's one of our taxidermist sponsors yep. for Virginia. And, and that's, what's cool is you're actually getting to see some of those workings and, and, and just, you know, I don't know, you don't do a lot of plugs for your, for your company, but just like, you know, you working together with us, you know, and just saying, Hey, you know, help you guys out with the hoodie design. And, you know, and that's what I'm saying. That's what we're about. about. We want to help each other. And, uh, and one cool thing, uh, we just, uh, about a week ago, we just broke our record for total inches submitted in a in a contest. So, and we're like mid mid November, you know, but we just passed fifty thousand in inches. So, wow, it's submitted. So it's yeah, we're we're rolling, man. I I think we're going to be somewhere north of seventy five thousand, hopefully. And that that's ain't like a little over, us. ain't like a little over one thirty average. Yep, yep, yeah, we're well, yeah, we're like one thirty four or something. Of course, those are gross yeah. inches, but that's. That's unbelievable. That many deer, that many big deer are killed, you know, Pope and Young class deer. There's nowhere else, nowhere else on Facebook, much less the internet, you can go and see that many big deer killed by the average guy over and over and over and over and over. Over and over and, and over. And, and, well, you can and if you're friends with Matt Powell. Are, you actually and can. And all these guys are open to, <laughs> I mean, they're open to teach you too and help you any way possible. I mean, uh-huh. I get... I get a lot of messages every week and, you know, people send me their farms and aerials and, you know, and I know other guys do the same thing, you know, and just trying to help each other out. You know, it, it's a, that's the whole reason well, we you, you see the these, bowling league was camaraderie, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see these trends too. It's crazy. Like, <clears throat> so like, you know, the first few years, you know, we had a couple of guys have some success, right? Well, those guys, are still in it and they have success every single year. Like it's not, it's not a, um, 
And it's, it's the only reason I'm seeing that is because of us tracking it. You know, I see their name come in, bam, bam, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy out in Nebraska right now. I don't think a lot of people know about him. Uh, his name's Dylan Bartling. Um, they do now. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do now. Hope he wasn't trying he to stay po- on the radar. Yeah, no, he's not because he posts his stuff. But this guy, <laughs> this guy, I mean, there was there's a couple of th- stories, but he smashes big white tails and muleys on public every single year in Nebraska. Hmm. And 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 he was and I was taught he he just killed a, like a 170 um, uh, white tail out there. And I was like, man, you did it again every year. And he's like, dude, he's like, it's been the hardest year ever. We got hammered with EHD. And um, he had a, there's another story, but there's, but what I'm saying is no matter what the scenario is, we've got about 70 guys that have been in the contest two or three years that you can depend on to smash big deer with their bow. Yeah. I mean, that's just that they're just recurring, just bam, bam, bam. And, um, it's cool. Cause we're, <clears throat> you know, cause we caught, we were so concentrated in Tennessee and Kentucky when we, and, and, and in Ohio when we started, because, you know, that was close to, you know, our circle, you know, mm-hmm. but now we're seeing Texas and, uh, uh, you know, every uh, out west and even like up in the uh, up into Pennsylvania and and up in New England area. I mean, just seeing everywhere, we're seeing these big I've deer rolling in. Year. That's something mm-hmm. I've noticed this year is how many big deer we've seen come out of the Northeast. You know, I consider yep. Pennsylvania kind of the Northeast, but you know sure. that yeah. that what you don't consider the Midwest. You know, like. Mm-hmm. we're actually getting enough guys out of those regions that we're starting to get some of those big buck killers out of areas that's not, not normally known for it, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's big deer everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like, you know, there there's a few guys that kill great big deer almost every year in Alabama and Georgia, you know, like they're there. So mm-hmm. here's something crazy. You said there's been 50,000 total inches, right? Yeah. We're a little north of that now. So Matt... You're at what? A thousand? Nine hundred? Nine, like nine fifteen ish, somewhere right there. Yeah, he's got almost two percent. Two percent of the total inches have come from Matt Powell. <laughs> my my goal is to break with like I want to. I mean, I want to break a thousand. Like that's what I was telling people I was going to do before season. So. And you like how many? How many? That's where. You, you, you like. 80, 88? 85, something like that. 88. Man, like that. we might get you on an 85 inch Alabama buck. That's, yeah, that's a good one out here. About, but, I, might even, I might even take a shirt, a picture in an Alabama shirt if I, if I did it. <laughs> I what, mean, about two, what about 240s? Yeah, hey. Yeah, we could get you 240 inches for sure. Yeah. I have plenty of arrows. We'll travel. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we could. A forty incher, we I see at least one of those a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man, that's that's super cool. I love bow hunting league. Uh, we don't have to. We don't have to. You know, talk about. We've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, really, with with both <clears throat> of you guys. And so, um, I just wanted to, you know, re kind of re rehash that because I do I do believe it's fun, it's valuable, and uh, y'all are doing 
something awesome. Go buy a hoodie. I designed it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's cool? <laughs> what, one thing that's to cool in. too. Yeah. Yeah. What well, we should have them here pretty soon. The the what's cool though is that you know we some of the first messages we got out were through your podcast. You know, like I had some people reach out to me after that Velvet episode, like, "Hey, what is this?" You know. Yeah. And <clears throat> we've realized that that's how most of the, you know, your regular average Joe, regular bow hunters are getting their content now. I don't know what, how many people are watching hunting shows. I mean, I know most people watch stuff through YouTube mm-hmm. and they're watching the regular guys and the self, you know, the self filmers and stuff like that. But podcasts are amazing because you don't, they're, they're so easy to, to do. You know, you don't have to pay attention. You just listen. Yeah. And we've been, we got on, I think we were on seven different podcasts this year in our promotion. And the thing is, anytime we're on one, it actually helps other podcasts because, you know, we'll share it to the group and stuff. And bam, that's another one that, that our guys can link up with and kind of follow along, you know, because you can only listen to one, you know, the, you're only yeah. producing one podcast a week, right? Mm-hmm. So like, And where else? And that's so, another thing yeah. about podcasts is they're hard to, you can't just search them on YouTube. You know, you kind of got to, somebody's got to tell you about it or you kind of got to see it shared somewhere to even know it exists. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. Sure. Or it gets recommended if you already listen to podcasts and some, uh, yeah, I get sometimes people, like that, but it ain't near as easy like scrolling through Facebook or right. seeing the new bow that comes out or, you know, something like that. Discovery you know? is hardly the, the main way that people are finding podcasts. They usually, I find podcasts through recommendation. It's all word of mouth. You know, that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. pretty much yeah. it. Um, it just, if, if, if Spotify or iTunes tells me, Hey, you might like this podcast. Most of the time I don't listen to it. Like it really has to be <laughs> yeah. word of mouth yeah. for me. You're wanting to listen to the stories and that's, that's, what's cool about working with, you know, with so many of these guys that have podcasts that are in the competition, mm-hmm. you know, they're able to talk about, you know, talk about the contest some, and then, you know, you know, they're, you know, they'll bring some of their listeners over to us. And then, you know, this other podcast guy has some listeners that came over and like, Oh, well, next thing you know, he's listening to outdoor drive or working class bow hunter or something. You know what I'm saying? They're all yeah. picking it up and you just, you've got a full list of quality guys, you know, are in the league competing hardcore bow hunters. And they're, you know, it's, it's just neat, you know, just kind of bring some, a different touch to it, but it's, it's nice. That is cool. That is cool. So, mm-hmm. um, so Matt, you, you, we are, we already talked about you killed, you've killed a pile of bucks. Is this the most, is this the most successful season you've had as far as numbers? Uh, numbers wise. Yes. And I, I've killed some really good deer, but I've had years where I've killed last year is probably my biggest big deer year, but, uh, this year definitely numbers wise for sure. Now you, you killed one in August. You killed a good one in August for the past and I don't know, it seems like the past three or four weeks, you really knocked them down. Has it, has it been mostly like, did, did you just do like a big, huge rut trip where you just went all over the place? Yeah. Yeah. I normally do. Like, I normally uh, Halloween weekend here in Tennessee is the, <clears throat> the youth hunt, uh, which we're not allowed to hunt. Adults aren't. And I always stick around, uh, take my son or, you know, other kids and stuff. And then usually that November one, of course, this year I didn't have a tag, uh, 
I'll, I'll usually stay in Tennessee until the guns open and then I'll start traveling. But November 1st this year, I, I started traveling. I headed, went, went to Indiana and killed out there. And then I went to Oklahoma and, uh, took me a little while out there, but I, I finally got two down out there as well. So are most of you actually, I actually cut my trip a little home a little short cause I ran out of tags. <laughs> I was planning on staying until right before Thanksgiving, but I got home about five days early. <laughs> That's a good problem to have, I guess. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't complain about that. So, are most of these are most of these uh, these hunts that you're going on? I know you do some public land. You have some like permission properties, and then from what I'm what I've gathered, it seems like you you've got a lot through like bow hunting league. You know, just people you've met through bow mm-hmm. hunting league. What what would you say is like the ratio? uh for that kind of stuff uh this year i've killed uh let's see two two on public and then i killed uh one with a bow hunting league guy and then the rest have been my private farms or 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 family farms in other states or something like that uh in in tennessee kentucky and ohio everywhere else has been either public or or friends of the that I met through the bowling league. And I mean not like friends I've been hunting with forever, like I drove over to their house like this year and like, hey, how's it going? And we went deer hunting, you know. That's pretty cool. Like thirty minutes later, you know. So. That's really cool. Ben, how about you? Where does yeah. it where does it uh what's your ratio? I know you do a lot of public land stuff there in Indiana. Yeah, so uh yeah, I mean really I mean the bow hunting league guy for my Oklahoma buck I killed and uh the buck that I killed in Indiana that deer I've got I'll never have more history with a deer than that one that's the first time I ever hunted him too um he was actually one of my yard bucks since 2016 he's uh best we can tell we're gonna send tooth off and I don't really know how accurate that stuff is I guess we're gonna find out how accurate it is but Best we can tell, he's nine years old. Holy and, cow. Uh, yeah, we had kind of crappy weather that morning. Um, it was like low 50s, no wind, super humid, fog coming in kind of thing. And I had a buddy up. You know, I actually had his, um, I had three guys from the bow hunting league come up and hunt public and crash at my house this year. And uh, I had one guy here, and I was like, hey, I was like, go ahead and take my truck. Cause he didn't even bring his buddies dropped him off. He didn't have a car with me. And uh, I was like, take my truck over and hunt. I said, I'm a hunt here close to the house. And Chelsea was, uh, she was getting ready for work. And I, that's my wife. And I told her, I said, Hey, I said, I'm not going to shoot real far at him. I said, but a splitter gives me a 20 yard shot. I'm killing him and I'm going to keep him in my house forever. And, uh, she, <laughs> she kind of like, Oh, you, you know, kind of, kind of sad and i said this is his last year uh, with a good rack and and he never was really anything crazy but he's low 30s uh eight pointer and uh he come come from subdivision i'm in i'm in like in a a little thicket that i got permission to hunt on and uh he come from a subdivision worked a bunch of scrapes and broke a bunch of trees rubbing them and stuff and called him in and uh it's kind of a that's kind of weird um funny thing normally he leaves but his range got real small this year but 
No, um, so that was private land. Um, like I said, most, yeah, my hunts are about the same mix as Matt's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, I think, I think I had, uh, I hunted with two buddies in Oklahoma, uh, bow hunting league guys. Uh, we hunted public and, but that was a bow hunting league connection too. Got, you know, hunted out there for a while and then, uh, didn't hunt Ohio this year. Um, Kentucky hunting was bow hunting league guy. Tennessee's the farm I've been hunting for 15, 20 years, you know, just family, friends, permission stuff. So, but almost all my stuff around the house in Indiana is public ground or the base I hunt. I don't, man, I don't have anything really around the house. I just, I'm just going deer hunting kind of thing. It seems like you've been, you've been pretty dang consistent. Like anytime either one of you guys posts a deer, picture i'm never surprised you know it's like you you have those people that you see show up on facebook or whatever and they kill a buck you're like hey that's that's cool when you guys post i'm like oh at least that means it's a normal season you know it's like you guys y'all are y'all are super consistent and uh, the the opposite of the little boy cries wolf yeah exactly yeah you're like okay okay i mean honestly really matt at at some point this season it kind of got ridiculous and it's like okay cool off like take a break bro yeah. you know <laughs> take a breather he got started real he got started real early this year october yeah. was epic for matt it's i just, mean super oh epic. yeah i mean i killed i killed, I killed uh, two big deer before the 15th i mean it was yeah I killed one like the 6th of october my ohio buck and then i killed my last tennessee buck the 14th of october mm-hmm. so matt yeah. to this to this day and if anybody listening has been a guest on the podcast, uh, Ben, you're obviously right here. You've been a guest. But to this day, I think I I felt like one of the most educational uh, podcasts that we've done was X Marks the Spot with you. That was your first podcast on here. That I felt like mm-hmm. that was just very educational, tactical, you know, strategic, very educational podcast um and so for anybody listening uh go look that up uh i believe it was a couple years ago i don't know what episode number it was but just a great a great podcast episode um with matt as a guest we talked about x marks the spot hunting hard line transitions um in places where you have good terrain features and vegetation different vegetation types creating those hard lines Mm. um and that being where just, you're just, typically just, getting your shots, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, mainly just up in your, it it, it just ups your your uh, probabilities. You know, the the more hard edges you can pull together. You know, if you've got two two uh, vegetational hard edges on top of a uh, a terrain feature that you know pinches them down, you know, that's a that's a third. 33 strikes you know it just pulls things together you know and we're talking we're talking bow range too you know yeah try to get as tight as possible and then like like this year i was talking about those uh my early bucks in october you know both of those were on the same scenario but it was major weather systems you know i never never even set foot on them until that major weather system got here and i could get in tight to their bed 
that that was what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. That's kind of where I was going. If since you killed so much earlier this year, was it was it you know changed maybe a little bit? But it sounds like it it wasn't necessarily changed as far as where you were on both of them. Like my my high buck standing corn, uh, power line like real cut over thicket than mature hardwoods. Yep. Uh, bucks were wor- working that they were kind of coming down that trifecta, you know, working all three of those angles, you know, they had standard corn, you know, they could piddle around in and then work scrapes and they was heading out to cut cord behind me. But that afternoon it was a major weather front, a uh, really stiff Northwest wind. Uh, I think it was, I don't think it did rain that night, but I think it was a major, uh, pretty cold, pretty good drop for, you know, early October, you know, it was already, I mean, I had on a, <clears throat> I mean, I had on a jacket like a Stratus jacket over top of a hoodie. So I mean, it was it was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you can't, you know, everybody loves November, but if you know one's there, there's nothing that beats a, a cold front in early October. There's yeah, just nothing. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's such a it's, <laughs> it's to kill a big one if you know he's there. I think a lot of people, um, you know. We we talked we do talk to several different types of of guests who hunt different ways, but one of the things that always seems to be pretty typical uh, there there's a guy we talked to I don't know if y'all have heard him talk on any podcast before his name's Warren Woolmick. Um, he constantly talks about hunting hot feed trees, and so I was really interested whenever the last time we had him on, which would have been uh, probably. It wasn't long ago. It was a couple months ago, maybe. And Mm -hmm. I was interested to know what he would, like, if he's taken into account these hard edges and stuff. Because I never heard him talk about it. And he absolutely is. I said, okay, so describe a scenario where where you would hunt. He said, well, what I would do is I would go to to find a clear cut, which is one edge, right? Um, I'd Mm -hmm. find a clear cut and find a creek bottom and find the... Uh, the closest, the slimmest area of hardwoods between that creek and that clear cut because that's hard right. edge. You know, that's exactly what we're talking about. And he says, then I'll find I'll find the hot feed tree within that within that little sliver. Yep. People don't people think you're crazy, you know. And I've seen it. I mean, I I've said this for probably a decade now. Like every tree is not equal, and I know he probably went over this, but like you can have a uh, a five acre white oak flat that has a hundred white oaks on it, but there's only two trees that they're really just, mm-hmm. just hammering. Like mm-hmm. looks like hogs have been under them, yep. you know, and they, and it's, I don't know if it's something to, there's something different about them that they like, you yep. know, it's a, a lower tannin acid or, 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 or something in it that it's different, but the, I definitely agree with what he's talking about right there for sure. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always seems to be a consistent thing though with people whether, I mean, you have guys who talk about hunting like, like he does, hot feed trees. You got guys that are talking about hunting big woods, mountains, you know, guys like Nathan Killen talking about finding, you know, the elevation that the acorns are dropping on. But the consistent thing is always yep. edges, it seems like. Um, and it's not anything new. You know, we're not writing a book about it anytime soon. But um, I see so many people hunting 
in just wide open hardwoods and they're not taking any account to edges or or the stuff that we've talked about or good terrain features they're just like like when i find ladder stands up in on public land i'm like why in the world is this even here like there's no reason for this to be here and maybe they killed a good deer out of it one time that's not to say that you're mm. never going to be successful um on any other place. You also got to account for gun hunters versus archery hunters. Yeah. yeah. Gun hunters, yeah. archery yeah. hunters. And if somebody has that, yeah, if somebody has that gun hunting mentality, they want to get somewhere they can see they can far. They see a long way. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's still, even at that, like, I, I, I get that. I understand wanting to be able to see far, but I still think even if you're, let's just take bow hunting out of the equation. If you are only a rifle hunter, so speaking to you guys who are only rifle hunters, I still believe that the best chances that you're going to have is to find those edges. And maybe you're hunting a little further away from them. Maybe you're hunting 75 yards away from them. But if you want to up your odds, I just, I cannot say that enough. Guys like Matt, guys like Ben, you know, who are incredibly consistent um, deer killers always seem to agree. And, And even if people don't know that they're doing it, a lot of times they are. They'll hunt, you know, food plots or hunt over power lines or hunt over cutovers and they're like man i just love hunting over cutovers because it just always seems like deer are there maybe they don't know why and that's the reason why it's because you're probably yeah. sitting in a cutover and a deer probably comes walking down the edge of it you know it's just yeah because yep, i mean like and i hunt a lot of i've got a they do a really good job managing the the timber on on the base i hunt mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i hunt a lot of like clear cuts and like you know just impenetrable chunks but you know i'm always looking for that corner on like that meets the head of a drain or whatever and um because pe- a lot of time, like a lot of times people look at like a cutover or somebody's like yep that's where the big deer are living well they don't like to live in the middle of them <laughs> yeah because they're vulnerable i mean they 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 can't use their speed and they can't see you know, but they'll sit on the, they'll live on the edge of them, mm-hmm. you know, like, and just like what you're saying, but like, it doesn't offer as much to them in way of security. Yeah. They can feel secure when they're up against it. You know, something's not going to come through it because it's going to make so much noise. But at the same time, they want to be able to flee. They need to have a place they can run if something does yep. come to them. But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. But, I tell you what, y'all haven't said anything about it, but you're talking about Matt's X marks the spot. I think the 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 thing that's the most overlooked in that whole episode is, you know, you've got some guys out here that are obsessed with deer hunting, right? Mm. But they're using they're using their they're not using their time efficiently enough. Okay, in the summer they're running these cans and stuff in the big woods or or all over the, you know, they're, you know, if they're in the deep South, they're running cans all over all summer. And when they should be doing all their honeydews, working their overtime, saving their time off, uh, don't, you know, you, you know, spend your time wisely, you know, spend time with your family, spend time with your wife, you know, to where, you know, you can keep everything good. And then that way you can take your time off because nothing you don't even, because most of these deer, Matt's killing, there's no trail cam pics of these things. 
there's no pick of a deer on uh, of these bucks on a mineral site or a corn pile. They just don't they don't exist because it never happened. Mm-hmm. What he does is when it's time to hunt and he's got a tag, he's there. Yeah. And it's you know what I'm saying it doesn't it that you cannot replace stand time in that prime time yeah. in the Midwest mm-hmm. or or west of the Missis- uh, west of the Mississippi or even in Tennessee or you know even in Alabama like you know if he goes down there and hunts you cannot replace stand time during the best time it makes no difference how many truck and picks you got you know what I'm saying yeah. if you didn't. If you didn't if work your overtime in the summer, yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't work, didn't, didn't bank your overtime or comp time or whatever, and say, I'm taking three weeks off this year instead of one week off. You know, quit obsessing about the deer. You know, getting them on camera and stuff. Worry about hunting. <laughs> yeah. Worry about your stand time. Do whatever it takes to be in the tree, and uh, and you've got to be where deer live too. Well, yeah, don't you think? But don't worry about trying to find them. Don't you think once you once you kind of figure out your system and figure it like like with this X marks a spot uh, type formula, once you figure that out, you can pretty well if if you know how an area either lays out because you've been there, maybe you've hunted it before, or maybe you've scouted it at some point during turkey season or something, or you just found it from the map. Don't you feel like once you've kind of learned that formula, you can pretty much guess like. If there's deer here around this area, they're going to be here. And so you can go in to those type of places blind without having, you know, spent taking a day off during the summer to go and look at it. You can pretty well just assume. There's a term we use called hunt with confidence. You know, you can hunt there with confidence. Now, when you're on public, like we do that grind in Indiana, I mean, like literally – we have sets we know are going to produce, but they only produce one out of every three or four years. Yeah. Like, and you go in there, you go in there one day during that time, and on your way in, you'll be able to tell if there's deer there, right? But you still sit that terrain feature, you know, on on that edge, on that hard edge transition line. You still sit there with confidence, even if you don't see any sign, you know. And then once you put your day in there, guess what? You're going to go on to the next one because yeah. you, you don't, we don't get nostalgic about anything, you know, like he doesn't get, you don't get nostalgic. You just literally move on mm-hmm. and, and, and go to the next spot. But And if you got history with a spot, man, I mean, like it'd be stupid not to at least go there and see, like if I killed right. a big buck, oh, like, yeah. the place I, I killed a buck two years ago or last season, in Kentucky, I was like, I went in there blind, killed a buck in 10 minutes from the time I got into the tree, killed a really nice buck. A uh, few minutes later, had a buck walk by me. A couple minutes after that, had another buck, a big buck walk by me while I've got a dead buck laying on the ground. And so I'm like, you know, I've got my deer and I left. I'm tagged out in Kentucky at that point. This year, went back to the same area, and that's where – I mean, it would have been dumb for me not to at least go and try, and I'm glad I did because exactly there were still deer there. I mean, there's still big bucks there. And, uh, I mean, you know, you can – I think it's dumb not to do that. Uh, but at the same time, it's right. also dumb to sit there if you're just continually not seeing anything, you're not seeing any sign that deer <laughs> are using the area. Mm-hmm. But you've got to yeah. go check them out, at least give it a shot. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
And what you yeah. find, honestly, I, you, you guys probably can attest to this, you find that a lot of them, maybe even most of them, continue to get used year after year. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Varying. Well, there's a, and there's know, a depending reason. Depending on outside variables, you know. Pressure, I think, uh, is one variable. If other people have found Pressure spot, and food is your two, is your yep. only two that can can matter, you know, whether it's, whether it's crops near you or versus or the mast uh, crop that year, you know, our, our Indiana ground is, is huge where like uh, several of our best, best spots, if it's not a good crop year, a mass crop acorns, we, there's hardly any deer in there. They just pull out, you know, a mile, mile and a half out of the public onto the crops, like real crops, corn and beans on a private ground. Matt, you, uh, you've had a good season this year, and one of the things that I'm hearing a lot of people say, pretty much all over the United States, is that this has been one of the uh, one of the heaviest acorn years that people have seen in a long time. And for me, where I hunt in Alabama, it has dropped my buck sightings down. I mean, significantly. <laughs> like I just can't. I just can't see. I can't se- seem to find them. They don't have to go far. They don't have to go to the That's places exactly where right. I typically hunt them. But you've, if you can reach the refrigerator from the couch, you wouldn't go in the kitchen much. That's you know, true. So. That's exactly right. And so, um, I'm interested to know has has that played into your success? Have you figured out a way to make that work for you? That there's so many acres on the uh, ground. Back to Ben's statement a few minutes ago, basically seat time. Uh, yeah. You know, when it when it's early, you know, my bucks I killed early. I think I killed them pretty much uh, the first first acorns coming, or I killed the one on acorns on uh, the very first one starting to hit the ground. And then the Ohio buck, uh, not many acorns in that area, The just the, the, the timber and woods he was in. Uh, so I killed him on the first corn that was cut. So he was headed to that direction. So, you know, you, you always got to be on the hot, you know, the most recent information you can, you can obtain, you know, is, is the, the best there is. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to do this for you. Cause I, I believe your answer is going to be, um, similar to kind of what I'm thinking. How does, <laughs> how do these edges and hunting like, Ben, you talked about clear cuts. Uh, Matt, I believe we've talked about like pines. Obviously, there's not a lot of food sources in a pine flat. Mm. Um, how yeah, does how not. do the how do these hard edges come into play when you're talking about things like acorns and and maybe even corn? Um, what what's your thought process on these a bunch of uh, different edges coming together and food? Like what? How do you how are you thinking about that? Well, it's kind of a, you use it as a, as a highway, you know, you look at that edge and where, you know, you, you kind of, you find, you, you figure out your prevailing wind and whichever your food source is, you know, if you've got a, uh, say a Northwest wind, you sit on the downwind side of that thicket. But then a lot of times if you can get it to where it's got an angle to it, still hitting the deer in his nose and he can walk that edge headed toward a food source, so any kind of crops or, you know, it could be acorns as well. You know, it could be that hot tree he's hitting. Uh, but he, they walk it just like a road, you know. Any, any, any hard edge like that, it, 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 
it funnels them a certain direction, you know. So if you can find that, to it could be it could be a a ditch line or a major fence line, and then a a, a cut over edge, you know, all coming together kind of to one end of a crop field, or to two or three big white oaks that they're really hitting. You know that that it, it just it just helps everything. It just kind of funnels them to you, basically. Yeah, um, Ben. I know you on our very first episode talking about your velvet buck. It seemed like you uh, you you found some hot feed trees, and it kind of changed the way that you were going to hunt that deer. Um, because I, I think you were walking down the road and you saw some acorns on the ground that had dropped early, and it it just kind of changed how you hunted is a lot of your hunting strategy and consistency coming yeah. from in-season scouting like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that scenario was just kind of, it was out there cause I lost my deer 10 days before the velvet, right? Like I didn't have any pics of them. And then I saw that, that, that oak, that white oak dropping on a fence row out in the middle of a field. I was like, they may be on this, this other spot, you know, that had the, cause that, that farm itself doesn't have a bunch of mature white oaks on it, mm-hmm. but these white oaks were on a little bitty drain jutting out into this pasture. And it was just historically the best white oaks I had cause they didn't get timbered, you know, they didn't get logged. Mm-hmm. They're just big field oaks. And, and I tucked in there, but, um, you know, both of us, you know, both me and Matt, I mean, we're, we don't do a lot of in-season scouting. We scout Never. our way in. When And when we say that, we don't do a lot of in-season scouting, I guarantee you we still walk, the guys that do a lot of in-season scouting, we still probably walk as far or maybe farther than they do because when we go in, we have, you know, we'll say, go into this spot, right? That's the plan. Well, if you don't see any sign from the truck to there, guess what we do? We keep walking. Sure. And you just keep walking and keep walking and keep walking until you've made a huge circle. It's about an hour before dark and you're almost back to the truck. And then you sit the the best spot you can find just to get a sit in. You probably won't see anything, but you mark that whole place, that whole farm, that whole ridge off your map, off your list, because that's, that's productive in season scouting. That's not a, you know, I don't feel like that's a wasted sit, but sure. we've, we've probably 50% of our sits um, during that time of the year or whatever, me and him are talking and we're like, yeah, this is trash. I ain't going to see nothing. Well, and like, but it's, yeah, but you at least mark it off. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you mark that whole area off. Yeah. You can never lose for failing as long as you learn something. Right. So um, right. That, that could be said with anything, I think, you know, but what you did you didn't fail. It wasn't a failed or wasted hunt because you're not going to be thinking about that whole chunk of property for the rest of the season. Like, oh man, yeah. I need to get in there. Move on. Well, you can move on. From move that on now. to something else. I think that's. I think that's mm-hmm. what. I mean, I would consider what you're talking about to be in season scouting. That that would be my definition of it. Is scouting it just sucks until when you you're find something. Forty good. pounds on your back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, time yeah, out. It's Are terrible y'all sweating and? When you say yeah. 40, 40 pounds. Um, there's enough. There is That's enough about content right. about, uh, out about saddle hunting now that y'all shouldn't be carrying no forty well, pounds on I'm your a, back. 
Well, and that's the thing where, you know, I don't, I still think the majority of people hunt with climbers. I still think, I mean, cause the saddle's trendy, uh, hanging bang or hanging lock-ons and stuff is trendy. Um, but we have never had any issues finding trees to climb. Like even like, I mean, if we get 10 foot off the ground, Matt's, Matt, when Matt killed his Ohio buck, he's in a dead tree. I don't even know if he's going to be able to sit that tree again. Is it the <laughs> last year, Matt? He's climbed this dead tree like three years in a row. <laughs> he's like, he's like, like, he's six like foot off the ground. He has six foot, six foot off the ground. In, in like, a fence not row, like we're yeah. in a fence row, super thick. I mean, we're still employing the same tactics sure, as yeah. the saddle guys, you know? I, I but, hardly call um, saddle hunting a tactic. We're just, you know, I, I you can yeah. do, you can, it's not a tactic. It just makes those scout hunts a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, it's, you know, the, you know, once, you know, we're neither one of me and Matt, neither one of us, we're both in like the worst shape we've ever been in our life. <laughs> you know, like we're, we get older every year, you know, like, you know, get, you know, it's, you know, we wake up sore every morning kind of thing. But it's the, the idea is once once you put that stand on your back, it's all about drive then. Yeah. Nothing else matters but to keep going and you keep going and you keep going because you know, I know once I hit my tree, once I get to where I'm going, nobody's faster than me as far as setup. As soon as I hit the tree and start climbing, I'm hunting. I've got an arrow knocked. My, my bow's sitting in, in the holder. Arrow's knocked. I mean, think about how many deer we've had walk under us, you know, climbing up, ready to go. I mean, I mean, I had one encounter last year that I almost got it done. I was full draw on him. He just never gave me an angle. Heck, he was, he was moving, looking, you know, like after a rain. And the, there, but what I'm saying is once we're there, we can't be in a better hunting scenario. One, you know, shoot around, you know, we can lean around, super comfortable, sit on the bars, stand up a lot of the time. I mean, it's just so there, it's, that's a level of comfort we're not willing to sacrifice yet. And we're both grown men. It's not like we're, you know, 140 pounds and I can climb a tree without <laughs> needing a, not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can't climb a tree barefooted, right? I know guys that can. Those guys are suited for that saddle kind of game, but I haven't seen a need for it yet. Well, you know, it's one of those things. If you don't, if you got a system that works for you, I'm always, I'm always mm-hmm. a, an advocate of that for anybody. If their system, if your system is a crossbow and you're killing giants with a crossbow and you don't feel any reason to change, don't change. You know, like keep doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. do your thing. Hunt your, hunt your hunt. Yeah, hunt That's your hunt right. for sure. That's right. You just can't enter the bow hunting league, so don't try. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for people, you know, no matter, I mean, there's, you know, that's the thing. My dad, my dad gun hunts, you know what I'm saying? He's killed some big deer and stuff. And like, I'm just as happy for my dad when he shoots a deer with a gun as I am any of my bow hunting friends. You know, I want people, I want people to have fun and enjoy the hunt that they, that they hunt, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's just, you know, I was riding back from, I did, I hunted, ended up hunting 23 days straight and I was riding back from Oklahoma, you know, several hours, it was terrible, long drive and I'm riding back and I called one of my buddies I was like, and I was, cause I was listening to another podcast and the guy was talking about hunting with a recurve and I just for like 
15, 15 minutes, I had the idea that I was going to go full traditional, and I'm like, that was that is not me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but, uh, but, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, it's no, it's it's fun. Yeah, hunt your hunt. You know, everybody needs to hunt the way they want to hunt and and do do what they want to do. So, uh, the normal co-host on here, which we haven't been able to link up a whole lot here lately because I've been out of town a lot um, and recording kind of remotely like this, but you just reminded me of it. I don't want to give away too much cause I'm going to get, we're going to get back together. He's got a lot of cool stories to tell from his season so far, but he got, <laughs> he's like that. Like he, he decides I'm going to go all out. He's an all or nothing type dude. Drew is. And, uh, so opening weekend of gun season, he goes out there and he's got this permission property that, uh, has a real nice blind on it. He's like, I'm just going to leave my recurve up here just in case a doe walks out. Oh, it's a longbow, actually. He said, I'm going to leave this longbow up here just in case a doe walks out, and I'll just leave it here because we can't kill does with a rifle unless it's doe days. And uh, so a doe comes out 20 yards. He blasts her with that longbow. Um, first time to ever shoot at an animal with a longbow, and he double wow. her at 20 yards. She piles up just right outside the field or whatever, and uh, it's just such a cool, such a cool story. He's, he calls me. He's like, Hey man, I'm on the board with a longbow. I was like, what? Really? You know, yeah. like, and if I know Drew, <laughs> if I know so Drew, easy. like I yeah. think I know Drew, it was probably like an Amazon longbow, uh, with a, like 4,500 grain arrow. Like that's just kind of, like I said, he's all or nothing. <laughs> he's all or yeah. nothing. And, uh, so anyways, no, you're, you're exactly right though. I mean, just take, take Drew's scenario right here, for example. Drew was on a piece of private land sitting in a nice blind over a nice food plot. But he killed a deer with a dang longbow. Like, that's so cool. But then you got public land guys who rifle hunt on public land who'd be like, oh, if it wasn't public, then it ain't that cool. It's like, yeah, but you rifle hunt on public. And then you got... You yeah, got, that's right. You got bow hunters who, yeah. are, who are hunting field edges in Iowa... And looking down on people who are, you know, hunting a corn pile with a crossbow in Alabama. And it's like, yeah, but you're like in Iowa, though, you know, like, yeah, hunt your own freaking hunt. Like, stop yeah. acting like everybody has to every, hunt like you. Every, you know, we've been on, I've had public ground hunts that would rival any private land anywhere. 100%. Okay. At, but at the same time, <laughs> same time i've had private land situations prime food plots great scenarios won't see a dang deer mm-hmm. and like but everything's you know everything's situational you know like the main thing is 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 getting out there if you have aspirations to kill bigger deer than you've killed before you're probably going to have to go somewhere that big deer live right yeah. And, and, and don't, don't, ha- don't, don't blame your neighbor for, you know, for them shooting whatever they want to shoot when you need to realize, Hey, I can't control other people. So maybe what I can do is control myself and go somewhere that there are bigger deer. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's just what you do. I see people like you guys who, you know, are from the South. Obviously you live in Indiana now, Ben, but 
Matt, you're from Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't typically – I mean, it'll, it'll produce a few decent, you know, pretty good deer every year you'll see come off of Tennessee. But um, I, I wouldn't call Tennessee like a big buck state necessarily. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not the Midwest. You no, know. It, it's – I would say Tennessee is like a really nice mixture of Midwest and Southern. Like – it's mm-hmm. it's got it's got some it's got a lot of deer. There's a lot of deer and a lot of turkeys in Tennessee, but it's not still not the Midwest. It's still got a lot of the the same kind of things, southern things about it. Um, but guys who are like y'all and you're investing your time, you want to kill big deer. You're investing your time, you know, in these states that have big deer, you know, and and you cannot. You cannot compare a hunter from Alabama cannot compare himself to a guy who's hunting Kansas or a guy who's hunting mm-hmm. even Oklahoma. You know, you just yeah, the, you see so much Texas. comparison. Texas, Texas even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just yeah. there's no there is no comparison because realistically, a guy hunting in Florida who shoots a six point every year might might actually have a lot more skill set than the guy. Who mm-hmm. kills a one sixty every year in Kansas or Nebraska? You know what I mean. We're gonna find out, by God. I'm gonna shoot me a six pointer in Florida here for in February. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I have tried, and I'm gonna be so proud of him. Mm-hmm. I might yeah. mount him if I shot a legal buck in Florida. I'm hunting. I'm hunting Florida again in January. I'm doing a a hunt yeah. with uh, with my buddy Walter Lee. Um. If I shoot a legal buck here, I'm like you're joking. I'm not. If I shoot a legal buck I'm in not Florida, joking. I'm getting I'm it freaking, freaking shoulder I'm... mounted. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. And people will be like, "What was that? Your daughter's first deer?" Like, nah, <laughs> I shot that when I was 31. <laughs> wow, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. that's my Florida that's buck. My first Florida buck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If anybody mm-hmm. wants to take a beat down, who thinks they're a good hunter, go to Southern Georgia, Southern Alabama, North Florida, something. The, if they think they're a good hunter, <laughs> yeah. If you're thirsty, if you're thirsty for a beatdown, yeah, that's the place to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It will yeah. humble down, you real quick. I love it. Yeah. I mean, like one of my favorite things to do is when you know, I, I guess one of my least favorite comments that I see is, "Well, if you can kill a deer in Georgia, you can kill one anywhere. If you can kill a deer on so and so WMA, you can kill one anywhere." And usually, the person saying that is a person who hunts that specific place. And so they're just yeah. kind of trying to make themselves feel good. But I legitimately feel like if you can kill a legal buck in Florida, man, you're, you're in the top percentile of deer hunters. Cause yeah. this place, yeah. I didn't even they pack my stuff, exist. man. I didn't even pack my hunting stuff yeah. this trip. Usually I will just in case I get a wild hair and I've had some pretty dang good hunts. I had, y'all listen, to this. this is cool. Uh, I hunted Ocala national forest one year. When I came up here, and one hunt, I saw 14 different deer in Ocala National Dang. Forest. Yeah, I mean, it was a freaking That's good. A bunch. The next day, I saw seven deer. Like, it was, I just found, like, a nice little spot where the dog hunters were driving those deer to safety. And, man, I was seeing a bunch of deer. I just didn't see anything legal to shoot. Um, Dang, it's wild hunting around dog hunters. Yeah, that was, I had one, <laughs> I had some beagles run a uh, two does. I was climbing down out of my tree. I just got down and I hear, <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Some dogs are coming. And I look over and there's two does and they are breathing hard, man. Like they're run, been run to death. Their tongues are hanging out. They didn't give a crap that I was there. And, uh, 
They were just like, I just got to get away from these dogs. If you want to put, put a bullet in my chest, go ahead. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and uh, But I couldn't I couldn't shoot them because they were does. And then a few minutes later, I see these beagles come by. I was like, dang, man. Like, I, I again, hunt your hunt. Dog hunters, whatever. Yeah. If it's legal and you want to do that, oh, go, yeah. go yeah. for it. I'm, I'm yeah, all goes, for it. goes yeah. back to those goes back to that tradition stuff yeah you know? absolutely if it, if it ain't if it ain't part of your tradition you can't you can't downgrade it because you ain't part of your tradition you don't know anything about it you know mm -hmm. it may be the yeah. you know the thing they love to do with their family and stuff and that's it is what it is that's and right main thing main thing you got to go deer hunting and it, like and just like i was saying like if it's if it's not a good scenario if you don't think you know, if your neighbors are, are killing everything and you can't keep nothing, time to move on. Yeah. You're never going to yep. change that, you know? <clears throat> That's right. That's yeah, right. I mean, it's it's not it's not our place to change that either, you know? It's not your place no. to, you know, that guy worked his butt off all year to buy his tag, you know, it, it's his choice. You know, and I think and I think this, this whole dang nation can take a uh, a little hint from this little conversation is leave leave everybody alone, you know? Yeah. Let everybody live their own life. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's... That's right. And you find that most yeah. people agree with you on that. Most people are that way. But there's a very loud... They are. There's a loud minority that likes to cause a stink about everything. And I think this is like the same. And, and I think yeah. that's... I think that's why the bow hunting league is, is... Is so... We have such a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh involved audience not audience involved players Just you know people have yeah. a Lots they have a vested interest in it in themselves because you know we perpetrate that uh that whole system you know just celebrate every kill it's your tag you know it's the my favorite post on the page you know we see every there's not a day that goes by there's not a great big deer post but my favorite posts are those first bucks you know, this is my first buck ever with archery equipment. Like, like I remember those bucks when I was young, killing my first bucks with bow. Didn't even remember if I aimed or like I didn't even remember drawing the bow. You know, like somehow you killed the thing. Like it was. Bro, I feel like that. I'm thirty one years I killed, old. And I you feel know, that way right now. Every time I kill a buck with a bow, I'm like, did I aim? <laughs> did I use my peep sight? I don't even remember. I don't. Did yeah. I? What pen did I yeah, use? That's you right. Know? Like it, yeah. that's, that's why I, I get tore up. That's why up. you need to shoot a lot. That's yeah. why you need to shoot all the time. That way, it's just muscle memory. You uh huh. Know? That's right. Uh, but yeah, we got one. We had one get posted. I think it was get posted uh, last night or early this morning or something. Matt's talking about it. We had a guy killed first buck with a bow and he's like he's like he's like and you know and we don't i don't really beat people up or anything to say hey ain't a monster i don't care i mean we can tell what it is you know like you can tell if it's a 170 or if it's a 80 inch deer but like he just said ain't a monster but it's my first buck i'm really proud of it and i know exactly how that felt you know when i killed my first deer and not that deer was like about the same size as my first one you know mm -hmm. and you just keep you know and that's the thing is you'll never you can never replace that feeling of that first one. It, you know, it does feel different when you kill your bigger ones, but that first one is just, that's, it's just different. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't, it's that first experience. They live forever. Yep. yep. I, I, I tell you, my first deer was a buttonhead buck and I gut shot him. And, uh, <laughs> 
I had no business being in a deer blind that day, but I think I was 10 years old, and I, was, I thought I was a freaking slayer, man. I thought it, it was the best thing that had ever happened to me in my entire life at that point. And uh, I'll never, I'll never forget it, man. I, it was, it was such a cool experience. And I, I hate that our current climate is that is social media and people feel like they have to give an explanation why they shot something. It's just kind of, yeah. I hate it. And you yeah. know that they're not, yeah. they're not trying to, they're not trying to sound that way, but they feel like they have to because of the way that people act. And just to kind of yeah. bring that full circle, I don't yeah. feel like anybody you know, has trying ever to justify themselves, you know, yeah. to, to everybody else, and that and that's that's back to the point. It, it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's your hunt, your tag, mm-hmm. you know. That's right. That's right. So. Well, I know you guys are uh, Matt. You spent all evening tracking somebody else's buck. Since you can't kill anymore, probably you gotta. Yeah. You get to still be a part of all you. You're like everybody's best friend right now because. About the only way you can deer hunt is if you go help somebody drag. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> see if we can't help, put Harrison on drag, this take weekend. them to their spots, do yep, a little yep. garden, you know. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I need help dragging and I need help killing right now. So help me out. I tell you what, I'm gonna come down there and I'll drag the first two for you, and then I'm gonna start hunting. Okay, all right. Sound, sound freaking, good. Freaking deal. <laughs> see if I can deal. catch up to you. Oh man, thank you guys so much for coming on and. uh now, I, I feel like I think it's probably too late for somebody to join the bow hunting league, but if somebody listening decides that they want to do it next year, um, how do they go about doing that? Well, first thing they need to do is if they have Facebook, uh, join the Facebook group, the bow hunting league. Yeah. Go ahead and, and announce their entrance and go ahead and announce their presence and say, hey, here's the bucks I've killed the last couple of years. Nice to be here. Heard about it on the podcast. It kind of helps us see who we're reaching you know um but yeah just to go ahead and tell us they're there and then uh, we start signups uh after memorial day and we keep them open this is for the deer contest obviously we keep signups open until the end of august so uh so about a little over three months you know about three months um keep everything open for signups and if you uh, uh and- if you kill turkeys with a bow go ahead and get on there now because we'll do uh the turkey league we here coming turkey, up soon too. Turkey league, yeah. yeah you we won't, do a turkey you won't be contest. seeing me around around bow hunting league during <laughs> turkey season. God made God made turkeys <laughs> be shot in the face with a shotgun. So uh. <laughs> we like that too. I still, that's what's crazy is you know we set that up. That was a request of one of the you know guys like, hey, let's do a turkey league. I'm like, that's fine, we'll do one. And but I'm like, and I do. I'm the thing that I've we've kind of started doing though is the the hunting turkeys without a blind yeah. with a bow. That's fun. And it, what it does is it does the same hard. thing as deer hunting. It do, yeah, it's hard. But what, what you do, it's the same thing that the transition from gun hunting deer to to bow hunting then. You think about it like when you're gun hunting a deer, you don't get to see all of that show. Well, you get to see a full show with a bow, you know, because it's not, you know, the bird comes in 30 yards, smash them. Like, I mean, you, they come in, come in decoy. You got to wait for them to turn. You got to wait, you know, the whole thing before you can draw. You're getting busted constantly. Um, lots more hunts. You get a lot more hunts in when you're ground hunting without a, with a bow, without a blind. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's you a almost have more turkeys than we have here in Alabama because if I start busting turkeys on a regular basis, I ain't never going to kill one. So, 
Uh, <laughs> I think most I think most turkeys yeah. I kill I shot them in the back of the head, running away from me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> running away. From yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, appreciate you having us on, man. Always good, yeah, good conversation. And and if anybody needs anything, like I said, bow hunting league uh, on Facebook, Instagram. We also have Instagram. Uh, you can go to bowhuntingleague.com. Uh, we've got some information on there too. And uh, yeah, just let us know if you need anything. Awesome, good deal, man. Well, appreciate you guys for coming on the show, talking to me for a little bit. Uh, Make sure you eat a lot of food tomorrow. Um, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so yeah, happy Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. Yeah, that's yes, right. Sir. Yeah. Yes, happy sir. Thanksgiving, guys. It's gonna be yeah, a good yeah, one. Thanksgiving. All yeah. right, that's it's gonna, gonna be, be a wet one here, but we're gonna eat plenty. I promise. <laughs> that's, that's gonna be it go. for this one. Uh, I'm gonna, well, I guess I'm gonna transition myself to the outro. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.